Good evening, sports world. What is good? Chris Dell here, host of the Family Feud Sports Podcast on Go Baller FFS, here to bring you our weekly Go Baller Triple Double Podcast, breaking down three topics in sports with the godfather, Mr. Alan Dell, a.k.a. my father slash co-host, and jumping right into things, some NFL talk. We had the NFL Combine, news and notes, rants and rumblings. We're going to jump right into things, the thing that everyone's talking about, and that's the quarterback position, not to mention Saquon Barkley's amazing performance at the Combine himself. And Mr. Alan Dell, I'm just going to ask you straight off the bat, Give me your top five, dead or alive, top five quarterbacks going into this year's NFL draft from the combine and from everything you've seen so far in college football to this point. Well, I'll start off by saying I'm not going to play liars poker, and that's what uh, most of the combine people are doing that are attached to the NFL teams. But Yeah, what's up with that? All the politics these guys well, say they sound like politicians they, out there. Yeah, they just... You know, if they have somebody and they're not up in that top one or two, they want to steer you away. Hopefully that person will be available. But uh, to me, there, there, there's just no doubt that the, the top quarterback, the quarterback with the most NFL potential in this draft, draft is Josh Rosen from UCLA. Every scout will tell you he throws the best pass. He's fluid motion. Uh, there's some negative. He's got good size, 6'4". He's about 230, 225. The negatives about him are, are intangibles. Well, he comes from a wealthy family. Well, his father's a renowned surgeon. Uh, that's not his fault. He was a little cocky coming out of high school. He was rated the number one quarterback in the country coming out of high school, and they said he was a little arrogant. But he, uh, his teammate today say he's grown a lot. He's a good teammate. So I don't, I don't see how you can hold that against him, especially uh, – well, so especially a guy coming out of high school. I mean, if you're rated number one, I mean, there, there's going to be a little arrogance that comes with anybody in that situation, you'd think. Yeah, and, he's, and he comes from money, and they're trying to call that a negative. Well, he's not going to be hungry. If he, he loves football, he loves playing quarterback, so he was the guy that will play for nothing, and he, and he wants to do it. But anyway, he's my number one pick. Whether he'll be picked first, I don't know. But he's made it clear that he doesn't want to go to the Browns, or at well, least hinted he, at it, right? Yeah, and then he changed his mind. But I don't think he's going to go to the Browns. That just doesn't seem like a good fit. Uh, but my number two guy, I'm going to go with Sam Darnold. I, I know he didn't throw at the combine. That raised a lot of questions. He's been somewhat erratic, but uh, he's got good size. He's a guy that I don't think is going to get hurt much. Because uh, he's a bulky type of runner. He's not thin, frail, or anything like that. I, I like him. Uh, well, just sticking at the combine real quick, because you covered uh, a lot of NFL yourself, former Tampa Bay Bucks beat writer for the Braden Herald here in Southwest Florida. And w- what is the deal behind that? Darnold not wanting to throw. I mean, I he's, he, he's still sitting at number one in most mock drafts, at least yeah, at this point. He said, well, he didn't have his uh, receivers to throw to, but none of the other guys did either. So I don't know what he was so worried about. Well, those uh, receivers aren't going to fall into the NFL, are they? Right. So that's uh, I don't understand that one right there. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to put Josh Allen at number three. I'm not sure. I mean, you hear talk, well, he reminds you of Ben Roethlisberger because of his size. But he, he could be a work in progress. I saw him play a couple of games. I saw him against Oregon. He looked terrible in that game. But uh, the big thing they say about him or his supporters, well, he didn't have a good supporting cast. So, right, uh, playing for a smaller school, Wyoming. So, I mean, it's 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 a guy that makes me think of Tony Romo, came from a small school. There's, there's other guys who have had very long NFL careers coming from a smaller school. But I'll, Josh Allen has the size. He's got the arm. He was reportedly on his knees throwing, what, 70-yard yeah, bombs downfield. His accuracy is really questionable. So we'll see. 
I didn't play against the greatest competition, but you can't hold that against them. Uh, Carson Wentz didn't either, so. Okay, so you guys uh, see those are your top three, so give me, give me your other two to round uh, out the top five. I'll give you Baker Mayfield at number four. I'm not that high on him. I think he, he, he could be a work, really long work in progress. He doesn't have the size. He won, but uh, and then his arm strength is questionable. His height is questionable. And I don't want to hear the Drew Brees thing. Drew, Drew Brees is one of a kind. And um, I see a lot of boards right now have Baker Mayfield going as the fourth quarterback off the board, but fourth quarterback off the board could mean middle of the first round in this draft. I mean, the Baltimore Ravens reportedly are looking for a quarterback. The mock draft I'm looking at right now from NFL.com has Baker Mayfield going number 16 to the Baltimore Ravens. And in the top 10, you got three guys right off the board. Darnold, number one to the Browns. Josh Allen, number five to the Denver Broncos. And then right after number six, they got the New York Jets draft and Josh Rosen. Yeah. So you got, you got your top four. Who, who's, the, who's the fifth best quarterback? Maybe, maybe a sneaky pick or an upside play in this draft. Is it Lamar Jackson? Is it uh, Mason Rudolph, who kind of hasn't been spoken about as much as he was earlier in the season? What, what's a guy you think could be an X factor in this uh, whole mix here? I'll go with Lamar Jackson. Uh, he is throwing accuracy is questionable, but he's extremely athletic. The big thing with Jackson is he's not big, bulky, and he, I don't know, he's a running quarterback, and you don't know how long they can last in the NFL. A lot of comparisons to Michael Vick, but Michael Vick had a different type of build. But even Vick got hurt a lot towards the end of his career. He just couldn't do it anymore. Running quarterbacks don't last. Yeah. And how many are as big as Cam Newton, 6'5", what, 260? And he's getting banged up now as he moves on to his career. That's right, yeah. So. I mean, Lamar Jackson refusing to run the 40-yard dash. You know, basically, well, he's saying that no one asked him to, to try out at wide receiver or running back, but – Obviously, he's made it clear that he doesn't want to play those positions going into the NFL as a quarterback. Last time I remember something like this happening, obviously, with Tim Tebow coming out, and people were saying, oh, well, he needs to play tight end or halfback or hybrid back or whatever whatever position they were talking about back then. Obviously, Tebow gave it a go, beat Tom Brady in the playoffs, but then a short-lived uh, starting quarterback career after that. I, I got the same guys as you do in my top five, but I would say don't sleep on Mason Rudolph. This is a guy that played at Oklahoma State, had some ups and downs this year, has the tools, knows how to put up points in a high-scoring offense. I don't think you can knock a guy for that. I got Josh Allen number one on my board right now. Uh, it's, it's tough. It's between him and Josh Rosen. It depends where you're at as a team. At the Browns, who have no one at quarterback, absolutely Deshaun Kaiser, okay, that, that means no one. I say you got to go, to me, Josh Rosen is the safest pick as number one. I mean, this, this guy has the tools. He has the throwing motion. He's got the accuracy down. Josh Allen's more of that big type of upside play. I don't really know about the comparisons to Big Ben. Obviously, another small school quarterback, uh, ben, Ro- ben Roethlisberger is. And then just in terms of upside, I think the second guy with the biggest upside is Lamar Jackson. You mentioned the running ability. This guy is quicker than any quarterback out there, and we're in a, in a league that's driven by quickness and by offense and scoring, scoring, scoring in the NFL right now. So why can't a guy who won the Heisman quarter won the Heisman Trophy as a quarterback have similar success in the NFL? Not saying it translates automatically, but it gives the guy a hell of a good chance to do so. Baker Mayfield's a proven winner. He's my number three quarterback overall on my board on Chris Dell's big board here and then I think Sam Darnold to me is is last is number five or even number six out of these guys Sam Darnold comes with the hype 
He comes with the pageantry of USC, of being a big-time college football program. We talked about it earlier. USC quarterbacks don't necessarily have the, be the best track record going to the NFL. I mean, Carson Palmer did it. That was about 10, 15 years ago, coming out as a Heisman winner. But Mark Sanchez, you got Matt Leiner, guys who were had, had more than him, right? right. I, mean, I mean, I mean, overall, I mean, these uh, Sam Darnold is he better than those guys were in college? He wasn't better than Matt Leiner was. Yeah, maybe borderline Mark Sanchez. But you don't you don't want to draft the guy number one overall. The Browns are going to be making one hell of a mistake if they decide to take Sam Darnold as the number one right. pick. Well, to play a little semantics, the best quarterback in the draft is Kirk Cousins. So, and whoever takes Kirk Cousins, the obvious number one free agent quarterback, that's going to change the board for the other people. And they, you know, the Jets supposedly like Josh Rosen, but if, if Cousins is available when they pick, they're going to take him. Or maybe they'll trade down and get him or up. Looking at some mock drafts that, that uh, you know, Kirk Cousins, that's a good point right there. And then talking about Lamar Jackson, some people, be, some people say he could be going to the Bills, be the new running quarterback Another to replace Tyrod Ty Taylor out there, right? I don't know how good that is. Almost the same type of player, at least in my opinion. Tyrod Ty Taylor was one hell of a quarterback at Virginia Tech in his college days. But, um, I mean, you look at the top of the draft board, there's some really – Minka Fitzpatrick, defensive back from Alabama. Obviously, you got Bradley Chubb, the defensive end from NC State. And then Barkley. I mean, what's your opinion on him after one of the most quote-unquote amazing combines yeah, of all time? Does he deserve the number one well, pick? Well, that's a good question. Maybe uh, Cleveland Browns have the first and the fourth pick, and if they want to be safe, they might be better off taking uh, Saquon Barkley, and then they pick up their quarterback at, at number four that's obviously going to be a good one available. And at least they'll get something. Uh, I, I, I don't know. You can't. You can't depend on a running back to lead your team, but he can be significant. Uh, well, look, I mean, Zico Elliott proved that with the Cowboys, but but but. Well, I, the, the the Giants are saying that they're bullish on Eli Manning. That he's got Pat Sher, new coach Pat Shermer said Eli Manning's got years, the multiple years of playing at a high level. Uh, so well, he hasn't played at a high level in four or five years. So <laughs> yeah. when's he going to do that? You know. Yeah, that's a good so, question. I don't know what right that there. love affair is with Eli Manning. I don't understand it. Uh, maybe it's some marketing tool, but Eli Manning's had about four or five straight mediocre seasons at best. Well, that, and he's going to be 37, or is 37. Well, that's the Giants right there. They could be trading down from that number two pick, but putting Saquon Barkley in that backfield next to Eli Manning, you would think that would give Eli Manning enough to get it done with, with Saquon Barkley's ca pass-catching abilities out of the backfield. So we debated our top five dead or alive QBs. We'll be back in another segment debating Kirk Cousins' top destinations as well as a few other NFL rants and revelings. We'll be right back here. Here, Sports World on Go Baller FFS. Welcome back here, Sports World to Go Baller FFS and our weekly triple double podcast, breaking down three sports topics with your host, myself, Chris Dell, the mad journalist, sitting here with the Godfather, Mr. Alan Dell, former Tampa Bay Bucks beat writer and columnist. And we we're talking about top five dead or alive NFL draft quarterbacks. Now going into quarterbacks who are actually playing in the NFL, and that's Kirk Cousins and his top destinations. We've got four teams reportedly as serious contenders. I don't know, maybe three of them to me actually have a legit chance of signing this guy. 29-year-old Kirk Cousins set to make many, many millions as he already has been for the last few years. The Minnesota Vikings, New York Jets, Denver Broncos, and Arizona Cardinals all reportedly pursuing Kirk Cousins. And look, this guy's been one of the most productive quarterbacks in the NFL since becoming the Redskins full-time starter three years ago. It feels like almost yesterday to me that this guy was stuck on the bench behind Robert Griffin III. 
But anyways, I mean, Kirk Cousins during that time in the last three years ranks fourth in passing yards, sixth in passer rating, seventh in total QBR, and eighth in touchdown passes. Last season, he topped the 4,000-yard mark for the four, for the third straight season. So Kirk Cousins playing well, getting paid big time this year. Mr. Allendale, what say you? Where do you think he will go versus where do you think he should go? What are your top three destination landing spots for Mr. Kirk Cousins in the NFL? Well, uh... I would say the number one spot for him would be Minnesota in that they're they're ready-made to go to the playoffs. If they had a different quarterback last year, they might have made it to the Super Bowl. Uh, the defense is intact. Now, the question is, do the Vikings want to pay that kind of money? But that would seem like a good spot for him. And also the New York Jets, even though the Jets have some work to do on defense, uh, they might be a few years away from being a legit contender. But it seems to me those are the two best spots for him. Uh, you gotta like Minnesota. I, I don't know about Denver. Uh, Wasn't well, isn't John Elway the the quarterback guru there? Isn't isn't he the most interested in getting yeah, Kirk but Cousins? He, as he says, he swung and missed, and he's ready to swing and miss again. He hasn't had good luck in the last uh, three four years on free agency ever since uh, Peyton Manning retired. So. Well, there hasn't been many guys as high profile as this. I mean, you look at the guys they've had on their roster: Brock Osweiler, Trevor Simeon, Paxton Lynch. These are guys that. You know, maybe you could say risk during the NFL draft when they were coming out of college, but I don't think anyone really expected any three of those guys to really do much, and, and none of them proven to do anything uh, under center as a starter. But I, I would think that Denver has the would have the best chance, but not anymore. It seems like the Jets and the Vikings are emerging as front runners in this Kirk Cousins sweepstakes, so to speak. I mean, I don't see Kirk Cousins has already publicly said. He wants to win. He wants to play for a winner. To me, going to Arizona would be more of the same of what's already been happening. Heck, if Bruce Arians was still the head coach there, I would give them a better chance. But he obviously retired this past season. And, I mean, when it comes down to if he wants to win, he should go to Minnesota because that's the only team out of these four that had a winning record last year. I mean, look, the Jets the Jets overachieved, right? I mean, I'll, I'll give you that. They'll overachieved that 5-11. and 11. They lost the last four games of the season. But it's a team that many people thought would only win two or three games last year. So Todd Bowles. That's a young, promising Jets team. They didn't have any court, any any quarterback worth mentioning what Josh McCown last year. And Minnesota, I mean, look, they, they were just a few plays away from getting into the NFC Championship game and maybe the Super Bowl, maybe one of the best defenses in the league, although they weren't against Philly in the playoffs. But I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I, I think Coach Mike Zimmer, the defensive-minded coach there, as long with the weapons they have, Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, your boy Dalvin Cook from Florida State should be coming back from an injury, right? So they, they, they got the players right there on, on the offense for Kirk Cousins, Minnesota does. Yeah. And he gets to play in an indoor stadium eight games a year. Uh, they, maybe there's a negative, okay, he has to play the Packers twice, and they're going to have Aaron Rodgers. They're going to be better. Detroit's good. Their defense is good. They have a good quarterback, Matthew Stafford. So, But you can't have everything. Uh, I, I like that scenario for them. The question is, do the Vikings want him? Well, I mean, let me ask you this, though. If, say the, the Jets or Broncos, if, if they still have any chance of getting Kirk Cousins, does that change how they draft? Because Jets and Broncos are both projected to draft quarterbacks. They have, they both the, Each of those two teams has top ten picks. Yeah. So if one of them signs Kirk Cousins, do you think they still draft a quarterback? No, I, I don't think so. I mean, Cousins is the best alternative. Best He's, option out, out of the draft. Why would you want to take an unproven rookie quarterback? When you get a 29-year-old guy who's proven himself, he might have seven, eight, who knows? Right. Six, seven, eight years of high production in the league. Right. And the Broncos are desperate for a quarterback, too. Let's not forget that after the 
Brock Osweiler, Trevor Simeon, Paxton Lynch, and, and that's a guy that somewhat reminds me of Josh Allen, tall guy uh, out of Memphis that never did anything. He was a big disappointment. Yeah, it's been a big disappointment so far, that's for sure. And, and news of obviously of Le'Veon Bell being franchise yeah. tag today. Any any real threat that you think this guy's going to retire, Mr. No, Allendale? You, you, you don't walk away from $14 million. He's not going to retire. Where is he going to make $14 million? At Dairy Queen, like he said he worked last year? Yeah, he could be like Kobe and win an Oscar, man. You know, it, it just... I don't like the franchise tag. It's what the union agreed to, and they're bargaining, so it's on the union. But I'll take the money. That's $14 million guaranteed. I don't know what he's looking for on a long-term deal for running back at his age. Maybe he'll get three years, let's say $8 million a year. Uh, that's He gets he gets almost $15 million on one year. And if he has a good year and doesn't get hurt, he can, he can make another $15, $16 million next year. So. Well, the, the reports are that the Steelers have increased last year's long-term contract offer. They offered him $42 million for three years. That, that, was, that was last year. What was guaranteed, though? That's that's the whole thing. Well, he was going to average thirteen point three million dollars, and you think he would last more than three years on that deal with them? I mean, come on, he's, the guy is a, he's a big dude. He can take hits. He can catch pass out of the backfield. I, I don't think he's breaking down anytime soon. So, any, so he's gonna he was going to average last year's deal would have been thirteen point three million over the career. Even his mom wanted him to sign the contract, and Bell said he almost did, but he wound up not doing it. Now, reportedly, his floor is fourteen point five million per year. I mean, you think you think he's scraping? I mean, obviously this isn't scraping for pennies, but hell, thirteen million, fourteen million—that's a lot of millions, isn't it? Right? Well, it's again, again, I say this: what is the guaranteed money? Because all these numbers that NFL teams throw around mean absolutely nothing. The only thing that counts is guaranteed money. So we need to know how much of that contract is guaranteed. Well, the forty-two million, three years. Okay, what's guaranteed? Do you think what he's doing could change the, the value of running backs going forward? Because that's his, his whole shtick, right? Well, it's already down. <laughs> running backs, their values are down, but they're starting to creep up a little bit. Well, maybe Barkley can help change that coming in. I mean, Le'Veon Bell, it's, it's pretty amazing what he's done. I, I know we're kind of used to him being one of the best running backs in the league, but he's been averaging 100. His career average is 128.9 yards from scrimmage per game. So he's averaging almost 130 yards per game from scrimmage. That's the best average since the 1970 NFL-AFL merger. This guy plays every down. I mean, he's an elite pass blocker. He's the number two receiver on that team behind Antonio Brown. Uh, how, how about this stat, Mr. Allendale? The Steelers are undefeated when Le'Veon Bell gets 25 or more carries. Well, he, he doesn't have much. He's tw- He turned 26 last February. And let's that he's getting up. He's at the peak for a running back. It was 26, 27, 28, maybe 29. And then you start going downhill. So if he's going to get that big money, he needs to get it now. How, how about the Steelers think about their future with Le'Veon Bell in his prime, with Big Ben still motivated and somewhat healthy? Get rid of this lingering issue that's going to linger in the locker room. It's going to linger amongst fans in the city, amongst the media, locally in Pittsburgh. You know, people are saying that this was maybe a contributing reason to why their locker room wasn't as strong as New England, and yet they couldn't get that far in the playoffs. They lost to Jacksonville, mate. 
you know, don't they want to get rid of this, have a strong locker room, and really have a chance to win a Super Bowl with this team? I, I feel like they have the talent to do it. They get this issue past them. Just pay the dude an extra couple million dollars. What is holding the Steelers back on this? Yeah, that's the way NFL owners are. Yeah, man. It's, 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 it's cra- crazy negotiations here. I mean, the contracts are getting so ridiculous for, you know, new players coming in, let alone these franchise tags being thrown at Kirk Cousins, Le'Veon Bell, um, I, I don't know. Do you, do you expect the franchise tag to stick around, or is that something that's going to be changed? Well, and it can't change until, until the next uh, collective bargaining session. So, I mean, the, the NFL, I don't even get, want to get in the union. It has the worst. The NFL Players Association is the worst pro sports union in our country. Everybody knows it. So, Well, Kirk Cousins, subject. Kirk Cousins not getting the tag, Le'Veon Bell getting the tag. You heard it here first, folks. Breakdown from the Godfather himself, Mr. Allen Delfour and Tampa Bay Bucks beat writer. We'll be back with our final third segment talking some NBA hoops, some hoops, news and notes in our final segment of our Go Baller FFS Triple Double Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be right back. And we are back here, Sports World, the final segment of our Go Baller FFS triple-double podcast, jumping into some NBA hoops, news, and notes. And a lot of things have been happening these last few weeks. We're getting into the home run stretch, the final and fourth quarter of the NBA regular season. And looking at the standings, pretty muddled on the Eastern side and the Western Conference side. We're going to jump off, get this off your chest, Mr. Allen Dell. The New York Knicks, 1-9 and nine in their last 10. Losers of four straight. The Knicks sitting at 24-40. and 40. Only 10 games out from the A-seed in the Eastern Conference. Are your Knicks going to make it? Well, the funniest headline that I've seen in weeks is New York Post. I have one that Jeff Hornacek doesn't think he's on the hot seat. That's their headline. It doesn't seem like he is. I mean, uh, worst coach in the NBA, okay, KP, Porzingis got hurt. He's out for the year. But they were they were struggling. He's the worst coach. He doesn't know how to evaluate talent. He doesn't know how to run rotations. But let me just say this. The Knicks are the worst franchise in pro sports, I believe. If Worse he, than the Browns. I would say so. Oh, man. This is I mean, a right, salty, right, Mr. right now all they're doing is picking like guys off of the street. They look at Moutier, they picked him off. He fell apart in Denver, and, and why are they picking him up? Oh, Scott Perry's as well. Some people don't develop until their fifth year. Troy Williams. Well, they they drafted Neil Aquina, then they picked up Trey Burke from the G League. So they're just uh, all point guards on the roster for the next. Yeah, huh? they have about ten point guards, maybe twenty. So, and then Michael Beasley got into an argument with Hornacek. We know Noah had his argument with Hornacek. Uh, Hornacek seems to argue with everybody. I mean, he got fired from uh, Phoenix uh, a few years ago, and one of the reasons was he couldn't get along with the players. Well, the players held a coup. So we're going to move up the standings here a little bit. Something else you're ranting on is Adam Silver hinting and rumors that the NBA in the future could be testing out a new playoff format reseeding all the playoff teams 16 teams seeded from 1 to 16 based off both conferences eight teams from each conference would still get in potentially this is because they want the top two best teams to play in the nba championship i don't know if that's actually going to solve that mr allendale what are your thoughts on the new potential playoffs terrible idea i mean tradition means a lot geography means a lot and and i it'll never happen i don't think because the the 
owners in the Eastern Conference are not going to go along with it. There's no way. Why should they? Right now, the West is better than the East, but it runs in cycles, so you don't know what could happen. And let's just say Houston and uh, and Golden State get into the Western Conference Finals. They're going to not say beat each other to death. Might go seven games. And then some team coming out of the East, who knows? Boston. So here would be the the the. Fi- the I might get in and beat the the survivor of Houston and Golden State. Well, the best fo- the best four records right now, two are from the West. Obviously, the Warriors and the Rockets. The other two are in the East. The Raptors and the Celtics both have forty five wins right now. So let's say hypothetically those top four teams got to the Final Four. That's where we would really start to see something different. You would have the Houston Rockets hosting the Boston Celtics. And then the Golden State Warriors hosting the Toronto Raptors. So is that more exciting than what we're already getting right now? I mean, having the pride of winning your own conference and getting there. I I mean, like you said, geography matters. Location matters in this. You know, these these owners from the Eastern Conference, you know, the Bucks barely clinging on to the AC, the Miami Heat clinging on there. Are they they really going to be wanting to be seated 15th and 16th overall? They're not going to do it. Yeah. The the first time I heard about this, I, I liked it. But as you start to actually break it down and see who's going to play who, how is this actually going to work, you start to realize, then what's the point of having conferences? I mean, we, we got rid of divisions pretty much a couple of years ago, and, and they used to give the division winner an automatic berth in the playoffs. So mm-hmm. we've already seen a little bit of this happen in the past. I don't know if it really helped out that much. I, I would still like to see division winners get an automatic berth. You win your division, you get in. When I mean, you're talking about uh, NCAA basketball, that's what makes the tournament exciting. All these Cinderella's and Darlings trying to get in. They win their conference tournament. I mean, NEC tournament on tonight. LIU Brooklyn going to the dance. And those things are exciting. Uh, it gets more community, more engagement overall from the fans. I think it's something that people want to continue to, to see. So I'm not a fan of the new reseeding either. LeBron James the king himself said he's not a fan of the new proposal, a guy coming from the Eastern Conference, obviously. But looking at the current playoff landscape, we're going to have some fun here. Break it down. Give us your predictions going forward. Who do you see right now making it to the Eastern Conference final? Sticking to the East, Mr. Allendale. Let's say, hypothetically, the four top teams stay as they are. We would have Eastern Conference semifinals, Raptors versus the Pacers. Then we would have the Celtics versus the Cavs. Who do you see winning in those two well, series? I, I, and getting I, I, I haven't given up on Cleveland. I think they can make it to the conference final. I mean, they have a, a new team. It's not a great team, but it's better than it was. And, and they just need to play. They need to play with each other for a few games. I mean, they've only played, what, eight games? Well, four, yes, it was six and, and four in their last ten. And, and Kevin Love has been hurt. He'll come back. So I, I, yeah. I think I see Cleveland making it to the final. They That's key. Let's not forget they got the best player in the conference, maybe the best player in the NBA. So let's not count them out. So you say throw it all out the window that even if they play the Celtics in the second round, they're going to get by Boston. I think I, I, I like him. If I had a bet right now, I would I would uh, bet Cleveland to make it to the NBA final. I think Boston's the only team that can beat the Cavs in a seven-game series because of Brad Stevens, and they have a lot of depth on that team, young guys who, if they step up, could make a big difference. Moving on to the Western Conference, the Blazers currently sitting in the three seed, winners of seven in a row, nine out of their last ten. Pelicans, winners of eight in a row, eight out of their last ten. These two teams are now three and four in the Western Conference. Do either of these teams have a chance to do anything in in the Western Conference playoffs? So you're saying they can beat the Rockets and the Warriors? Yeah, I'm not sold on the Rockets. And their history in the playoffs, Mike D'Antoni is not very good. I mean, you you can make all these excuses. 
I remember the last year, I think in 07, uh, they, that was a, they had a great chance to win it all, and that's when David Stern suspended all those players. And that's when he had Steve Nash and, and, and took everything away from Phoenix. I'll never forget that. Oh, the U Utah Jazz back on a winning streak. They've won three in a row now, eight out of their last ten. They're one and a half games behind the AC, which is currently being held by the Denver Nuggets. I know. It's amazing the records you have in the West. you got, what, uh, Ten teams that are over 500. Okay, I'm telling you right now, Sports World, you're here to hear first. I will go back and re-record it and air it in two months when the playoffs come. If the Jazz get the eighth seed or the seventh seed and play the Rockets in the first round, the Jazz are going to win. They're going to win that series in six or seven games. My guess would be six games because they're going to bring that defensive pressure. They're going to shut down Harden, make him fold into a shell that he's been in all of his recent playoff appearances throughout his entire career. For that matter, the Utah Jazz, they just need to get in and not play the Warriors in the first round. And I think they'll be good to go after that. Spurs at number five right now. Timberwolves at number six. Thunder at number seven. I think that in, in this type of muddled Western Conference, why aren't the Thunder the, the guaranteed three seed? I, mean, I don't know what's wrong with Paul George and, and, and that uh, the big three that was supposed to be Melo, George, and Russell Westbrook, right? Well, it's really a big two. Yeah, the big two. And Carmelo Anthony's kind of disappeared on that roster right there. The, the top... Four teams in the West all have winning streaks of five games or more right now. So we're starting to see teams start to turn on the Rockets, turn on the engines, so to speak. Not to be cliche there, but overall, who's your finals prediction right now? We're a couple months out, but it's 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 worth talking about. You got the Warriors and Cavs again, fourth yeah, year in a row? I got that one again. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's hard to see that, that not happening again. I can't see any team being the Warriors in seven. I, I think Boston could do it. I think Boston could be Cleveland. Let's see how the rest of this season plays out. Let's see how love looks. I think that's really going to be the key there is Kevin Love coming back from injury. I mean, big story from him, all the panic attacks he was having, wrote an article in the Players' Tribune on mental health, saying that he's been battling depression. So obviously that's been in the news the last couple of days. But overall, the Cavs, I mean, you watch them all the time. You, you, you think those guys really can step up with Kevin Love and LeBron James around? Yeah, if Kevin Love can get back quickly, I mean, he's going to be a little out of shape. He hasn't played for a while, you know, because of that broken hand. But... He can be a big help. He gives him a weapon, a number two scorer. Well, Houston Rockets have won 15 games in a row. They're outscoring opponents by nine points a game. So are the Warriors. Uh, you know, it's amazing. They've had these two big winning streaks and are only a, uh, one game ahead of uh, Golden State in the loss column. So yeah. despite all those big winning streaks, they're only one game ahead in the loss column. Uh, we're, gonna, we're, we're, in, we're in line for some exciting NBA playoff action. That, that's for sure. We're going to take a look, closer look at the seedings as we get closer to playoff time. We're also going to be doing our Go Baller FFS NBA award show and podcast here on Anchor as well as iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher your radio sports world we appreciate you tuning in we'll be back later this week until then peace out